It's the Tiltcast episode 500, Chili Feast Steak. This week, guys, we talk more Hitman 3. What is Guardians of the Galaxy? A feast steak. And Elden Ring. Stay tuned. It's Feezy. <laughs> In unison. Yeah. It's the Tiltcast. It's going to get this off my chest. It's an M-rated show. I'm Nas. I'm Jason. I'm Rusty. And it is 9.49 p.m. We're back to the weather report. Oh, my gosh. Dog, seriously? <laughs> you hear a dog tail. That is uh, Lola, who is also an unofficial part of the show. Um, it is March the 25th, two Oof. weeks after our last recording, 52 degrees. We are back. Come on. And, uh, come on, baby. Miss Lola on. is glad to see her best friend. Oh, come on. Oh, she's so, so cute. So cute. Um, Rusty and Lola have been getting intimate as of late. <laughs> hey, that sounds weird. <laughs> Rusty has uh, turned into my occasional dog watcher. Yeah, she's, uh, she, she's, uh, she's... She has, uh, I have slept with the dog, um, <laughs> which also sounds really bad. Um, she is, she is just the cutest little thing. Uh, and, uh, she spent the night with me, uh, you know, over the weekend, last weekend. Um, and, uh, she is just infatuated with me. She just loves me. She just loves me. So. I'll uh, elaborate a little yes, bit. Please. So I went out of town and uh, I had planned trying to figure out who to watch the dog. And it's hard to find somebody to watch Lola. And it's hard to find somebody the pet free home because she's, well, at least for me, I know a fair amount of people, but I don't know a lot of people I trust with my dog. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has special requirements. Hey, she's special needs. So she's deaf. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to put her in a kennel because she is terrified by being alone overnight. Um, she is, requires a companion. That's what it is. She requires a human. She's not used to being all by herself in the house. Like I can leave by, I, I, I'll actually go into it here a little bit later. Like we've graduated to about six hours of time that I can be gone, but I don't feel comfortable leaving her in the house overnight. With no bathroom breaks for, like, 24 hours. Like, that's fucked up. Right. You wouldn't want to do that to any dog. And uh, I don't feel good about that. So she requires somebody who is willing to uh, sack up with her because she's going to sleep right next to you. She does not give you an option. I found this out. Um, uh, <laughs> I was I, I was ready to, uh, ready to go to bed um, when Justin dropped her off. Um, uh, I had ended up staying up a little bit later, and to me, four o'clock in the afternoon is late for me, like super fucking late, because I was waiting for an Amazon package. As soon as the Amazon package, you know, uh, arrived, I was like, "Okay, I'm done. I'm ready to go to bed." I I, I run in, uh, I go to the fucking you know bedroom, and I fucking you know lay down on the fucking bed, and it was a split second later. There was uh, there was a Lola pop right there, like right in my face 
Uh, and I'm like, okay, uh, so this is this is happening. Uh, and this is happening. <laughs> <laughs> this is happening. So I'm like, all right, fine, whatever. Uh, and at that point, I was, you know, she just kind of laid down on top of my covers, and uh, you know, curled up right next to my side, and you know, kind of got comfortable. And I'm like, okay, I can, I think I can deal with this. I can deal with this. I pass out, and then about. Two hours later, about six o'clock in the you know in the evening, uh, of course, I've only been asleep for about an hour and a half or so at that point. I feel a cold nose right behind my left ear, pressing into my skull, <laughs> and 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 I wake up and I look at her, and then she just does that low growl, like it's playtime growl, you know. And she just kind of like gets into play stance and growls at me some more. And I'm like, are you, I'm, I am trying still to understand your language. Is this play or do you need to go out? I don't know. Bleary eyed, get out of fucking bed, go to my computer chair, sit down, stare at the dog, try to figure out what the dog is asking me. Dog does not go to the door. Dog instead goes, gets a rope. And Play Rope is one of her favorite games. I am a zombie sitting there playing a rope with this dog after, like, only sleeping for an hour and a half. Uh, I don't know how long that went on, but at some point I lost the war, the tug of war. And she just just sitting there staring with the rope in her mouth and just like, are you going to continue? And I'm like, I don't have any more quarters. Uh, and, and she finally just drops the rope and walks over towards the bedroom. And I'm like, yep, that's exactly what I want to do. So, uh, we, we go for attempt number two. I I go back, uh, go back into bed, lay down. Um, I'm getting situated under the covers. And then all of a sudden I feel cold nose. Right next to my, you know, like right near the middle of my back, underneath the covers, the dog is fully underneath the comforter and the sheets and is right up against my back. And I'm like, okay. And like, I'm like, I'm just, I'm, I don't care at this point. I am too tired to even fucking care at this point. And she just curls up right, you know, right at my hip you know, with her back pressing against my freaking hip and almost pushing me off of the goddamn bed. Uh, but she was fully underneath the comforter, passed smooth out before I could even get to Z's. And that was perfect. I mean, we were, you know, she, you know, she was in her spot and she let me sleep until about midnight. I'm like, okay, that was kind of interesting. But yeah, she uh, she stole my covers during the middle of the night. She was, she, I know she got up and turned, you know, flipped around a few times because somehow she ended up puppy tornadoing all of the covers towards her side of the bed, uh, and I had like the a couple stitches of uh, of covers for myself. Now I understand why she has her own comforters and stuff because then she could steal her own blankets. 
She stole I specifically mine. Washed blankets for you because I knew that would happen. And and it, I and I put those there. <clears throat> she ignored them. She wanted mine. So <laughs> <laughs> I I have a top blanket that usually she like snuggles up next to me and then goes to passes out underneath the top blanket. Mm-hmm. Sometimes she gets cold and she somehow in the middle of the night like puppy burrows her way underneath the covers in the middle of the night and then curls up next to me and passes out. Well, she went full on there, uh, like straight to that. Well, and I'm she, like, okay. She likes you and trusts you. So that's why she did it. So yeah, she, uh, she, you know, she, she found her spot and I, you know, I don't have an, uh, I don't have a pet. Um, I don't have a dog because, uh, I, I work 12 hour shifts and I don't, you know, I don't know whether or not I'm going to be able to, you know, come back home to be able to let the dog out during my lunch break and whatnot. So I don't have a dog because I wouldn't want to do that to a dog, right? I could have a cat, but fucking cats, man. Um, so I don't know. I just don't have a pet. Uh, what I found is when, you know, when you came by to, you know, to pick her up the following morning, I was equal parts relieved because she can be a handful, but I also kind of missed my cuddle buddy. Uh, <laughs> uh, she's she's pretty comfy. She uh, she definitely keeps you warm on a cold night. That's for darn sure. She's if she really likes somebody, she will like lean into you. Oh yeah, and that's just her thing. Yep. So you know she um and I found out. You know, because she's got this, you know, she's got her own language, right? Um, as soon as you left, she was pawing at the door. I I gave it about an hour or so, um, but she would continually go over to the door and paw at the door. And I'm like, I just took you out. You don't need to go outside, you know, not to pee or anything. Um, but I ended up taking her for a walk and she went directly to where we had walked before, before you left. Uh, and she would do these circles looking for you. And then uh, eventually at, at, uh, at a point about five minutes into the walk, she just sat down, took a deep breath and whined twice. And then just looked at me with sad eyes. And I'm like, that, that was low though going, he's not here, is he? <laughs> so I took her back inside and she no longer needed to paw at the door or anything like that. She knew you weren't there. Um, but I also figured out the reason why she pulls like she, you know, she, when she's on a leash, she kind of pulls a bit on the leash. It's not because she is really trying to like get away from you or direct you. She's pulling on it on the leash to keep it taut. So she knows where you're at. Yeah. We, uh, so we were running today because uh-huh. trying to lose some weight and, uh, she will run for a bit and then look back at me and then give me some slack and then pull, pull again and then give me a little bit of slack and then pull again. And so like, she does this like gallop and then turns back to make sure I'm like still there. Right. And then it's just a whole like rubber band effect as we run. Yeah, if the if the line goes slack, she will turn back and she will look. You know, she'll look at you to see that you're you know you're still there. But if the line is taut, she knows you're on the other end of that line, so she can continue walking. Um, it, 
She used to pull really hard. Yeah. Well, I, I was just, I, I was just musing like the entire time, you know, she was over at my place. I was like sitting here going, oh my God, she's so intelligent. She's so smart. Uh, and I was talking to, uh, you know, talking to my buddy uh, uh, via Discord and um, I was saying how cute and adorable she was and you know, sending pictures, and I'm like, oh, my God, I am in love with this dog, and she's not mine. <laughs> yeah. You have plenty of oppor- small opportunities oh, to borrow her. Right? Um, so it, it went very well, the uh, the dog watching, but, you know, went very well. Uh, I know if she I, enjoyed it. If I ever start dating again, I may need a couple of nights alone. I understand. Um, but... Um, yeah, that that's a you know that is a possibility. She she can come over whenever uh, whenever she needs to, um, as long as I'm not working because I again don't want to do that to any dog. But yeah, I'll dive into more what I've been doing because I know I've got a lot. But Jason, you been up to anything last couple of weeks? So since we last casted, I have uh, completed both. Guardians of the Galaxy and the Hitman trilogy. Jeez, damn, that's Jason. like it's a lot. Of, it's like four games. Yeah, it's four games, man. <laughs> he's he's quiet. And he's I like, was, uh. I was only about three quarters of the way through Hitman One when I stopped it to play Guardians. So, yeah, I mean, uh, that's that's great. Uh, you got you got some game in, man. That's fucking amazing. Got quite a bit of game in. How'd you like Guardians? Oh, dude. (laughs) Dude. I mean, last time we podcasted, I said, you know, just the the music and the character feel. And I was only, you know, like a couple of missions in. After playing through the whole thing. Oh, God, that's so good. You see why? There are... And there were a couple times I thought, okay, I'm at the end of the game. Right? <laughs> Here it goes. And then and it's like, nope. 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 This ain't it. <laughs> it continues. Oh, maybe? Nope. <laughs> it's it's like they they kept doing this uh and one more thing, you know, at the you know yeah. at the very end. Um <clears throat> But you see why I rated it so high last, you know, on the Game of the Year episode, right? It's 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 actually surprisingly good. You didn't think oh, that yeah. maybe it would be, um, you know, because it's it, it's a movie. You know, a lot of people see it as a movie tie-in. It's not really a movie tie-in. Um, it's more of a you know a, of a Marvel comic tie-in than a movie tie-in. Um, but. You know, it does definitely capitalize on the, uh, you know, on the popularity of the movie series. Um, you know, in the in the fact that the uh, the character mannerisms are fleshed out, right? Yep. Um, but the uh, you know the the character models don't necessarily look the same, um, though you can get skins that make them look like the movies. I mean, they they have stylistic touches right um you know it's not like they 
um they don't right the, do. the voice acting you know is different but it's still it's still the characters you can still tell that the soul of the characters are still there like the 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 voice actors for the game did a really good job of you know still capturing that right you know you're not going to get you know Batista to actually voice a game for you right <laughs> but uh do a pretty good job of you know you know getting the uh the voice acting and the character mannerisms going the music was great the combat was all right i wasn't super thrilled with the combat but like the fact that they felt made it feel with the combination of the um you know like the that classic marvel cinematic score that happen you know that happens during you know your general uh fights um and and during some of the cutscenes it had that marvel movie feel to the score to it and then of course the mixtape just you know makes it go way beyond right oh yeah well and you know there are there are certain things about the combat that are um that are kind of janky and you know it, there were that jankiness caused me to you know uh have to go through uh a few of the fights a couple of different times before i really found uh the appropriate uh rhythm for it right um once you get it different is, uh it is super punishing towards the end um, yeah, because you have to use some of the uh, the elements because, you know, Peter's uh, Peter's gun uses, you know, different elements to do stuff. And you have to work with the synergies with, uh, uh, you know, with the team. You can't just lone gun it, right? You can't just let the, you know, let the team do their own thing. You have to actually do uh, some of the commands to get them. Uh, yeah, you, know, get you some actually of the have to direct everything in the combat. Yep. Um, which is, you know, it's it's fine, but there was definitely a uh, uh, the game keeps throwing new learning curves right. at you all the way up until um, the last quarter of the game. Um. So, you know, you start finding a decent ry rhythm and it throws a new wrinkle at you still. Um, which, I mean, is interesting. It keeps the combat somewhat fresh, but at the same time, uh, made a few of those boss, boss fights uh, super punishing. Yeah. Yeah, I... Uh, <laughs> so, sorry. <laughs> it's... Justin banged the crap out of his arm, and I couldn't stop laughing. Um, it, was a, it was this very silent scream over here. I there's an this room is both my office and podcast studio at the same time, and so my work desk is very chunky, has very sharp edges, and I just like hit my elbow right in the crease, and it just it's like, do I make a noise? I can't make a noise. It's going to be very loud. I've got a, a silent scream. This. <laughs> The look on his face was priceless. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, I really enjoyed that game. I'm, I'm glad that you enjoyed that game too. It was fucking, you know, I like 
Oh yeah, from from a character <laughs> and story perspective, um, that game is uh, is top notch. Right. Yeah, um, and you wouldn't think it. I mean, it like I said, it kind of had that. You know, it it, it kind of snuck on under a lot of people's radars. I think. It, I, I didn't see a whole lot of people actually, you know, playing it. Um, but, I mean, if you haven't played that game, you should give it a try because it's surprisingly good. It is. I give it a solid 4.7. Yeah? Um, That's pretty good. The, the only point three is just how janky the controls are sometimes yeah, the, uh, for the, the combat. The combat could have, you know, could have been improved. If they, do, if they do another one, which I'm... If they don't, I mean, at the at this point, that's that'd be kind of crazy. Um, I've, I think that you know, just iterating a little bit more on the combat, um, trying to get uh, trying to get more synergies, you know, going because it was really kind of bare bones uh, at the very beginning of the game. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot of like synergy, and I guess that kind of you know, fits the, uh, uh, the, the whole story of the, of the guardians kind of like still coalescing They were They were still kind of coming together as a team. Right. So, so that, that kind of makes sense, but I would like to see more of the synergies actually happen earlier, uh, so that the game could, uh, you know, start to shine a little bit faster, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but I would say the uh, the overall quality of the story is much more um, on the leans towards uh, comic book uh, uh, level sto- storytelling versus cinematic universe. It's the it's it's actually a really good mesh of of the two, like. It's got the the comic book quality with the cinematic, uh, you know, the, the yeah, the cinematic approach to uh, you know telling it. So it's you know th- it has the benefit of having some you know side stuff that you can do, like some of the items that you can pick up and you can talk about. Um, you know, like you get a lot more backstory into like how a raccoon was made, you know, uh, which is really cool. Like I thought that was really neat. Uh, some of the, you know, backstory for, you know, for Drax and, uh, or, uh, or Gamora. Gamora. Right. So, um, but you also get, um, you know, sure. This isn't too, uh, too big of a spoiler, I think, but the, I mean, they chose the perfect big bad for the video game. Um, they chose to make it the Universal Church of Truth uh-huh. instead of uh, instead of something we've already seen in the cinematic universe, <laughs> right? Um, and the way they pull it off is just <laughs> the the, uh, <laughs> the elevator ride was fucking amazing. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> But it's just, nah, it, it's so um, good, it's so good, so uh, good. <laughs> oh man, <clears throat> so good. I will, I will probably play it again in a couple months, just because 
I enjoyed the story that much. Right. <laughs> um, and I know there's different little quips or side conversations or story beats that, that I probably just, you know, just missed in, in trying to, uh, in trying to get through the game because I was, uh, concentrating more on progressing the main story instead of, uh, uh, exploring anything much. Right. And there is some exploration. It's not an open world game, but there is some. Yeah, they've got some stuff that's, you know, hidden behind stuff. I know I missed a bunch of stuff. Um, I know I missed a bunch of skins, I think. Uh, that's the stuff that you find oh, yeah. if I go off the, you know, off the beaten path or, you know, trying to find some stuff. Um, and, and usually where you find those, you find, you know, other bits of story in the universe around the. Right. I didn't uh, read all the lore. what you're doing. Yeah, I didn't read all the lore options. Because there's there's still you know quite a bit of the you know the stuff that you can find out about the universe, um, but you know it would be nice to kind of go through and like 100% that game just to see it all. Because uh, there's there's still a decent amount of stuff that I know I I missed as well. So this is great. It's a very good game. Very good game. And then after that, Hitman was just a. Uh, be honest, I, I finished, I finished it basically in, in two and a half days, um, uh, mostly Friday at, uh, Spooky. when I got home on top of, uh, having to deal with, uh, with three boys, mm. uh, once all of them were, were down for the night, it was like, uh, my, my back hurts. My shoulders hurt. I'm just going to sit here and chill. I need I need to kill people in interesting ways. <laughs> and and that just continued through the entire weekend. <laughs> I, um, I understand. I'm that game is just a great just zone out and chill game. I'm I'm going to find a way to kill this person with a pen. Um. <laughs> Or just, you know, um, every way imaginable uh, you can try to think of to get all of your targets, especially when you get into Hitman 3, you have a whole lot more um, uh, variety of uh, higher number and and variety of targets um, and trying to get around that and and keep your kills... uh, uh, unnoticed, right? Um, and hidden, uh, in and of itself is kind of a Zen puzzle. Yeah, which that you know, which uh, which disguises are you going to be able to you know to use and burn, right? Um, oh yeah, you know, so that you can you know get get as close to the main target as possible. Like, yeah, okay. Yep, I killed somebody with the chef, you know the chef outfit. Now I'm gonna have to go ahead and stow the chef outfit someplace else and not use it for the rest of the freaking mission because they're looking for a killer chef now. Uh, <laughs> so, to be honest, I only <clears throat> for for the entirety of my playthrough, I only had to do that twice. Really? 
Well, well, That's you were how more... unnoticed my shit was. Yeah, well, you were more careful than I was. <laughs> um, yeah, for reals. <laughs> but the uh, um, the story to the the story that they set up for the campaign on that game is actually uh, really good. After you uh, uh, after you get through the first few missions of uh, of the first one that the story behind everything kind of really grabs you too. I, I will say Idios really, uh, uh, crafted a, a well done story for Hitman uh, well, on the, the back end of all three of those games. Yeah. You the, know, the, <clears throat> the, the overarching plot is really good. I mean, that's kind of been the way that it was going along. I mean, uh, you know, the background story is not what you hear about a whole lot in uh, about Hitman. When people talk about Hitman, it's like, oh my God, you killed somebody with a fish. Um, you know, but, um, but there is a you know, like a fucking, you know, decade long freaking, you know, story behind how he is doing things. Yeah. Agent 47. Yeah. Agent 47, the man, where he came from, where, where he ended up, you know, going to, and you know, how many times he's tried to walk away from it all. Right. <laughs> uh, only to be drawn right back into it. <laughs> Yeah, and this time's, uh, 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 he was going after what they choose to focus on is, uh, uh, is really interesting and how the, uh, plot gets twisted a couple of different times is really good. Right. I don't think I've played any of the new, new ones. These are the ones that were episodic, right? So, um, yeah, you know, so I, I said, no, I'm not going to touch this. Um, but I think the last one I played a little bit of was uh was it probably Absol- the first one. Was it Absolution? I think I think that was the last one oh. I tried I played. So Yeah. Um so yeah, I I didn't I, I haven't actually touched any of these. So <laughs> So you, you have beaten a game I, I mean, have not even touched. For for the price of Game Pass, sir, you should. I actually think they're that it, you know the two that um different people go back to is either absolution or blood money right um and i actually think uh uh that this game uh beats both of those blood money hands down in a lot of ways blood money is pretty old now <laughs> it's pretty dated <laughs> still a good know, game but, but it's pretty usually dated. when you ask people what they're you know what they think the pinnacle of Hitman was the answer one of those two. Right? Oh, yeah. So. But I, when I say the pinnacle of like Call of Duty was Modern Warfare 2, I mean, that's, that's still a dated game, right? Yeah, so, like 15 years old or something. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's some time that's gone by there. <laughs> but right. yeah, I understand. <laughs> I might. I don't know. Uh, I mean, like you said, Game Pass. It, it might be something that I can do, but I've I've got other things on my radar. <laughs> yeah, and we'll dive into that here in just a minute. I want to 
quickly explain why we've been gone. Okay. And we still have to figure out next week. But Okay. Um, I went to, so I've been, I'm going to working on show number four in two weeks as of Sunday this coming week. So in a couple of days. Son of a bitch. So I went to, in Tulsa, I took my buddy who will not be named so that I did not disgrace his band's name. Um, to see Between the Buried and Me and Carbomb, which was fun because he's a drummer and those guys, one's a, they're both metal bands, one's a hyper-technical drummer that's very schizophrenic that has some really good pockets, and then the other one for BT Bam is a jazz drummer, a ragtime drummer, a metal drummer, a rock drummer, like he's like, he's pretty close to the dude from, from to like fucking Neil Peart or something, like he's fucking badass. All right. So... And they played like almost two hours. So we had a lot of fun with that. Um, at the time, bought a shirt that was too small for me that now fits. Nice. Um, then I was going to Dallas, which is why Rusty was watching Lola. Um, I will actually speak a little bit at length about that because there are some very interesting things that happened on that road trip. Okay. Um, so real long-term friend of mine, Adrian, and his son and his wife and his buddy from the ER. He works in uh, open heart surgery. Okay. He's got a buddy of his that, like, coordinates the whole ER, um, who also goes with him on shows. And then we've been taking his son to metal shows. So this is metal show number four for the little dude, who is now 10. We started when he was seven. It was one of the last shows I saw pre-pandemic. And then everything stopped for two years. And then shows have opened back up. So it was, it was like, we're bringing the kiddo. No, it's not going to say his name. Right. Um, and he's like, yeah, we're, we're all going. I was like, all right, so how are we doing this? He's like Airbnb style. We're adults. So I was like, perfect. All right. So, you know, we figured all that shit out. The show I was going to is in Irving, Texas, which is about four hours away. Um, and got to the Airbnb, which was pretty decent house, actually, in a pretty decent area of town. And it cost us, he was there for two nights because he saw, um, fucking Judas Priest the night before. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was the other show. His son saw Judas Priest at 10 years old, One probably one of the last shows that Rob Halford's going to do because those guys are fucking old. Right. <laughs> um, along with Queensryche. <clears throat> and then the follow-up show was a much louder show. It was Revocation, Whitechapel, and Cannibal Corpse. I'm not a Whitechapel fan, neither is he or his wife or his kid or his friend. Um, but they're the middle-built show, and they're the one of the more popular bands. But anyways... Uh, we got to the show, and it's this place called Amplified Live. And if you're familiar with the Dallas area, it's basically Gas Monkey Outdoor, um, which is a medium-sized venue that has... We were going to get upper deck tickets, but we found out they're 200 bucks a piece, which is crazy. Wow, yeah. Uh, for, like, the hand... There's, like, 50 seats, like, 20 feet above everything that you can go, like, it's got its own bar and everything else, but it's... Like Kane's mezzanine, that's super like small, VIP you know style, right? Right. But he wanted to get in the mix, and I'm okay because the floor floor tickets were twenty seven dollars. Again, not the same price as a lot of the arena shows, which is another good reason to go to these smaller shows. And he put the we we go and we see a line wrapped around the building twice. And we're like, okay, we know there's food there, but it's probably going to cost us like twenty bucks a plate, and it's going to be bar food. Mm-hmm. And we're like, yeah, fuck it, we'll just go across the street. And see what's around. And we go across the street, and there's a lot of restaurants that are boarded up. It's not the nicest area of town, not the worst area of town. Um, kind of somewhere in the middle. And there's this place called oh, Os Locos, which is Crazy Eyes. And I was like, Crazy Eyes, huh? 
All right, let's see what kind of Mexican food this is. I'm in the middle of Texas. It's got to be some good Mexican food. Right. And I get up to the door, and there's <laughs> cops at the door. It's like, man, they didn't think it was that rough. Right. They're searching us, and then we look at the kiddo, and we're like, is it okay for the kiddo to go in? They're like, yeah, he'll be fine. And okay. So the cops, like, <laughs> like fill our pockets, go through our, go through our pants, you know, right. making sure that everything's okay. And then we get in, and it's uh, Mexican Hooters. <laughs> and... <laughs> It is not an equal opportunity place of employment. I will say that much. Um, there was not an ugly woman in the building. Oh, my God. And, and the kiddo is like the only other kiddo in a place that is like fucking packed. And there are these like beer bongs on the tables that are in a soccer ball. And there's about eight beers in the beer bong, basically, oh that people have on their tables. And this kid, again, he's 10 years old. Adrian's not a real... He's a really slight build dude. Mm-hmm. And so is his wife. His wife's like maybe five feet tall. The kiddo's not a huge 10-year-old. Right. He's right about eye level with all these girls' asses. <laughs> and they are wearing lingerie. They're, they're wearing. And I looked at his mom and I was like, Sarah, what you think? He's like, I'll remember the rest of his life. Let's just do it. I'm hungry. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, all right. I was like, you're making the decisions here, boss. <laughs> right. So we go in and... This kid is, like, asking these girls, like, we get our server, right? He's asking these girls, what's your favorite car? What's your favorite color? And then starts talking music, like, just macking it up. And me and his wife are just dying. That's awesome. Um, (laughs) I was like, you need to have the talk with your son soon before he gets to an age where he's going to get somebody pregnant. (laughs) He has no fear. Um, Zero fear. And his eyes were just as big as saucers the entire time. I imagine. <laughs> the food was really good. I mean, Unlike Hooters, who only has good hot wings, like the food here was actually pretty damn good. And it was authentic as fuck. And we ordered like the beer bong. Of course, it's like between me, his wife, so and him and uh, his friend. So like, you know, it's two beers a piece. Right. Of like a beer bong full of Takati. And I was all the fuck about that. And I was like, all right, so I've got a couple of beers in me. I got some badass tacos in me. Like I had carnitas. But their version of carnitas was slightly shredded steak, as in just softened, medium-rare steak in a taco that's barely shredded. And it was chunky as fuck. So Nice. Some good fucking food, right? And so we left out of there. Um, you know, we told the waitress, like, hey, we're going to a show across the street. We want to hustle. So, like, she was on it. Right. We had our food inside of 10 minutes. We were in and out of there in like 30 minutes, which is crazy fast. That's nuts. Yeah, that's crazy. So for a whole, you know, table of one, two, three, four, five. Um, So we got back across the street. We hear the first song from Revocation. It's like, they're opening? What the fuck? I was like, so we all hustle because that was really the band we went to go see. And uh, Adrian's got a kid pass, so he throws his son on his shoulders. Mm -hmm. And just the crowd parts like the Red Sea. And he just like gets all the way the fuck up front. In fact, we found some pictures on Instagram of his son from their official Instagram. Right. His son and him standing at the very front of the stage. Nice. Um, There's a little bit more to this story. So they get up there. I could not follow the Red Sea parting because it was closing up very quickly behind him. So my short ass found some steps and stood on the steps so I could see over the top of the crowd and watch the band play. And they were all the way the fuck up front. And at the end of the show, um, the drummer... 
like it's tossing sticks out into the crowd. Right. He takes a Sharpie out of his pocket, signs one of the sticks, and goes and hands it to his son. That's awesome. So we're like, that was really badass. That's awesome. And the the, the follow-up band was a band we didn't want to see. We didn't really want to see Whitechapel, so we went to go get like snacks or whatever we'd get, water or whatever at the bar, and then go look at merch. The Cannibal Line was like an hour and a half long that we found out, so we skipped that and went to the Revo Line, which was almost no line, because not everybody knew who they are. They're a smaller band. And uh, we're just looking at some t-shirts and merch and shit like that, and... We take a group photo, and we get photobombed by the vocalist and guitar player from that band. <laughs> and I'm taking pictures, and his kid, I'm looking at my camera, is pointing. And I look, and I take this picture, and I see the dude is, like, literally right behind us photobombing us. <laughs> so he talks to us a little bit, takes some selfies with everybody. We all spend way too much money on his merch because he was so cool about everything. Right. And real, real super humble, super nice guy. And then I felt old because I'm, like, five years older than him. Um, um, but if you're ever interested in learning the, so his name's Dave Davidson. He's a complete badass at guitar, plays everything from rock to blues. He's got a rock band called Gargoyle plus Revocation, which is a metal band. Um, but he teaches online as well. And there's been a couple of videos that I've bought to learn some stuff because he's really fucking good. And anyway, so that was a really cool experience. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to see if I can get in the cannibal line to get a little couple items of merch. Um, and then I found out it was really long. I was like, all right, I'm going to leave. And then we see Dave Dave again comes by, and he's hanging out and, like, talking to somebody. So, like, he stops again, says hi, and says, oh, that was really cool that you brought your son. I would think this is a really – I wish that had happened to me when I was young. Right. Like, instead of – I was like, yeah, like me. I snuck out of my house to go see shows. He's like, Exactly. He's like, he doesn't have to sneak out of his house. He's just taking him to battle shows. I was like, yeah, we just proctor it. So I'm like, we're, me and the other guy that was with us named Justin. I was like, me and Justin go with Adrian, and we're like his metal uncles. Um, so, <laughs> yes. Anyway, so that's pretty fun. And so I go to up front to see Cannibal. They put on a badass show, and little do I know, Adrian starts texting me. He's like, hey, so like, Dave Dave's been hanging back here at the picnic table, because there's like picnic tables. Mm-hmm. He's like, we've just been chatting with Dave Dave the whole show, and he's been fucking around with the kid. He's like, it's pretty funny, but, like, this kid has nothing but straight memories. Because awesome. he just hung out, drank a couple of beers, and, like, hung out with them and talked music. Because the kid, at 10 years old, is building his own music collection, knows stuff. Like, his mm-hmm. favorite band's Pink Floyd. Like, he knows everything about Pink Floyd for whatever reason. Like, he's just latched onto it. Okay. But he has zero anything in common with music with kids his age. Um, and probably knows more about music than the majority of adults. Like he's definitely his father's son and his, they go when he does tours that he goes and buys a music, like at music stores. And then he gets to listen to stuff and pick out what he wants to listen to within reason. Um, so yeah, it was a pretty interesting experience. And to top it all off, um, this Airbnb was, I'm not really, don't really believe in ghosts, but I think it was fucking haunted. Um, it sounded like, and there's all sorts of logical explanations, but it sounded like to my sleep, low sleep brain that somebody was running up and down the hall. Right. And so like four or five times in the middle of the night, I hear it and then I open the door and look, and there's also Adrian who's also opened the door to his bedroom to look. And like right before we go to sleep, like at like one in the morning, his son goes, I think this house is haunted. I was like, dude. Dude, not, not this, right now. Not yeah, right this now. This is not what you want to say right now. I am like, trying to why sleep. Do, why do you got to go all six cents on, on us? <laughs> um, I see dead he's people. Like, I want to sleep on a pallet in mom and dad's room. I was like, okay. Yeah, so they're like, yeah, because he was sleeping on the couch the night before, and I guess he didn't like it. 
Well, I mean. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Yeah. So that's how we topped it off. And then I hauled my ass back to Tulsa and then picked up the dog at, at Rusty's house. Yep. And then three night, two nights ago, um, Matt took me to go see Slipknot. I originally was going to see Ginger um, because that's on my bucket list. And not that I'm, I'm not a huge Slipknot fan, um, but I would see them, right? Especially if somebody else bought the ticket. And sure. I know they put on a really good show. So I was like, yeah, I'll go. I'll go. Yeah, I, I haven't seen a show with you at all, Matt. Let's let's do this, right? Right. So like, he's trying to he's trying really hard not to let me pay for anything. I still bought him dinner, um, but <laughs> we uh, so Ginger backed out because the whole Ukraine thing. <clears throat> if you don't know anything about them, they're from Ukraine. They're like the biggest band out of Ukraine because right. Ukraine doesn't really have a lot of big bands. Um. So, anyways, they're back. They're off the bill. We skipped the first band because we, me and him, could both give a shit about Wage War. And then we watched In This Moment, which I'm also not a real big fan of, but they did put on a really good show. It's the main vocalist girl goes and changes outfits like every song. Um, so that was fun. And then Slipknot came on and they, I was surprised that Corey Taylor was, was respectful to the crowd. I thought he was going to be a giant fucking douchebag and he was like really working the fucking crowd and really gentlemanly in a fucked up way, I guess. Okay. Um, but yeah, like telling little stories and things like that in between songs and everything else. And I was like, I really thought he was going to be a douchebag. And Matt was like, I don't, I kind of thought the same thing. But they put on a really fucking tight show. The only thing I will say about an arena show, because this was at BOK Center. So there's like 30,000 people there. Right. Um, the sound is much different at arena shows than they are at, because there's a lot of concrete. I also ran into my old bass player who was also working. He's a fireman that was working called Firewatch. Because there's a lot of fucking type, there's a lot of fucking pyro at a Slipknot show. Oh yeah, did not the like Ramstein level of pyro. The bass player had a flamethrower on his goddamn bass guitar, and I guess he was hitting a pedal and blowing fire like a hundred feet out above the crowd. Really? Like there was a lot of fucking pyro. Okay, um, <laughs> all right then. Could feel that if I if it wasn't me feeling the heat, like I was imagining, I was feeling the heat, like there was that much fire. No oh, man, I was so there was a lot of fucking fire. <laughs> was I, a lot of fucking fire. I've I've seen the the pyro shows at a fucking Rob Zombie concert, and those fuckers like are you know hundred foot jets, like they almost touch the fucking ceiling. You yeah. can feel the fucking you can feel the heat well, coming off of those. My buddy told me they have to turn off the fire alarms for these shows. Yeah, and so he's like, so a lot of the local firefighters work at a separate company that works these events. Mm -hmm. He's like, so we're fire watch. So we look for a fire. And then if there is a fire, there's like 50 firefighters on board in the event, in the venue that can help put it out. Well, that means he gets to actually see a bunch of those shows for, uh, yeah, yeah. he, uh, <laughs> he signed up for this one. He's seeing Megadeth next month. Like he's getting all these shows for free. He just right. has to go walk the crowd. Damn. Which, that's not no bad. Big deal. You just can't drink while he's doing it, you know? Well, still, not so, bad. I no, mean, I if you're there for the fucking music. Off. Say what, Jason? I would take that trade off in a heartbeat. Yeah, they make pretty good money working these gigs, too. Oh, yeah. But he has to be there all fucking day. He was there at like 11. He's like, yeah, I was here when the sound techs were like doing all the sound tests and everything else. Yeah, he's like, I've been eating uh, BOK food all day. Oof. I don't know about that. But I mean, it's just like they've got like a Papa John's in there and a couple uh, of other fast food joints. It's yeah, right. but it's probably fucking expensive as piss. Yeah, um, my bottled water because I actually didn't drink anything at that show. My bottled water was like six bucks. Damn, for Aquafina. Damn, 
So, and then this weekend, me and my friend Vanessa are going to go see Uncle Acid and the Deadbeats. So, I've got that'll be my last show for this month. Basically, almost on getting close to the last days. Um, <clears throat> and then next month, I've got Archspire and Fairy, Megadeth, and Trivium. So, I've got a lot of shit lined up, but at least one of those shows is local. Another arena show, we've got really good spot. Basically, we've got pit tickets for Megadeth. Damn. So I spent a lot of money on those, and that was on a whim. Like, like you just want to see Megadeth. Go for it. I haven't seen them since 06. Right. So I got the best possible seats. fucking Megadeth. (laughs) Dude's getting fucking old. Right. If I'm not going to see Metallica, I need to see them. So, and their lineup will be better than Metallica's lineup. So, but yeah, so I'm a... I'm uh, seeing them, and then I guess me and I guess me and Matt are going to see Foo Fighters next time they're in town. I really want to see the Foo Fighters, so okay. But yeah, so I've been yeah, going to like the, show after show. The only thing I would advise you about Foo Fighters is just knowing that uh, the, those his vocals will... are not the same in concert as they are in studio. Yeah, well, um, but I but Dave puts on a fucking show, right? But I, he does put on a show, yeah. I mean, I never got to see him as Nirvana. Foo Fighters is, I actually like more of the Foo Fighters stuff in general, quantity-wise, but it's not quality-wise. It's not, I don't know. Anyways, if I wasn't going to ever see Dave Day, or Dave Grohl with Nirvana, I would love to see him with Foo Fighters. And Foo Fighters got a pretty diverse catalog of stuff. Right. And like America's alternative band. Like, I don't know very many people that hate the Foo Fighters. No. No. I don't. Like, I don't. If, it's, if it's on the radio, I'm like, yeah, I like yeah, Foo Fighters. That's okay. I'm not going to change the channel, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I had to pick between them and Queens of the Stone Age, I'll go Queens of the Stone Age every time, but Foo Fighters is still pretty fucking good. Um, but anyways, oh, yeah. yeah, so I've been at like show after show after show, and obviously that was Saturday night. We had D&D night the night before. We didn't do the show on Sunday night, and I'm very thankful for that because, holy fuck, that was a long weekend. Yeah. Even though I took a two couple days off, and I've got so much shit at work that like I can barely keep on top of that, plus all of this stuff, mm-hmm. stuff with really tight deadlines. Like basically, I picked the most busy time of the year for me to do this. Well, you you don't have there. There's not a whole lot of cho- uh, choices in some of these uh, uh, on um, some of these concerts, right? No, there's so. absolutely not. It's like I <laughs> either travel halfway across the country and spend several hundred dollars to go see something, or see it local, or see it four hours away right so even with the price of gas like for me that's still it was still i checked on flights to dallas that was not cheap at all it's not cheap five hundred dollars yeah dude for a 45 minute flight right i so i drove in my fairly good gas mileage car and did a tank and a half of gas which it ended up being about 70 bucks worth of gas yeah Sometimes a road trip's fun, though. I, I mean, I really like it. To be honest with you, yeah. like it's the perfect length for me. Right, is that it's basically like four albums. Yeah, you could just throw some music on and fucking just you know just jam out like That's the what entire I way. <laughs> and my stereo is so much better than it used to be, so I can crank it way the fuck up. Like even now, when I get out of concerts, I can crank it up and it's not too quiet. Yeah, that was the problem I was having before. You go to a show and the stereo sucks so bad that. You turn you're it like, up as loud as it go, and you know you're still kind of like deaf from the show, right? So it wasn't good. 
but now my stereo gets really fucking loud. Nice. So it's fun. Um, but nice. yeah, I've been in, I've been in concert heaven and I'm fucking loving it. And I've been losing a, me and Rusty have been losing a fuckload of weight. Right. So yeah, I'm fucking down like two pant sizes from Christmas and a shirt size already. And you, yeah, I'm wearing mm-hmm. a, I'm wearing a large shirt and you, it's, it's a little bit baggy. It's, I don't feel like a sausage. <laughs> I don't feel like I'm squeezed into a tube. And I'm starting to pull like shirts out of my uh, back catalogs. What I got from when I was skinnier, right? And I've been wearing those. Some fucking uh, some more band shirts. Yeah, right. I mean, you know, and they're not so tight that it shows my nips. <laughs> I'm not quite there yet. <laughs> yeah, but that, uh, it's a really fucking baggy uh, hoodie you got, Greg. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I I just I went back, you know, back into keto like I was uh, like I was planning. Um, Basically, over the last two weeks, like since I, you know, since we recorded last, right? So, um, I lost fifteen pounds in the last two weeks. That's so a lot of fucking weight. It's, really fast. It's, it's, I mean, it's when you start keto, like once you once you actually hit ketosis, you lose a bunch of water weight, and that's what this is. So yeah, but it still slims you down. It definitely does. Um, I I, I feel quite different, uh, and. You know, I, I know that I'm uh, I'm quite there. I just need to get uh, I I need to pick my up uh, some uh, some test strips so that I can monitor it, and then uh, you know just uh, just keep going with this because I think I've got something that I, works. I found so not to nerd out to this because I do want to talk more video games, right? But I found if I so I'm going out and doing things that are causing me to get out of ketosis. Oh, yeah, right. But I'm still losing weight. And I think the key is, as I've combined it with intermittent fasting, and I'm not going crazy. So, like, right. if I go out and do one of these things. So, like, since last week, I've only lost a pound and a half. But that's because I had to switch back into ketosis. But I didn't gain anything. Right. Well, it's still, so I didn't I mean, gain anything. Good. So, I maintained because I intermittent fasted the day after I went out and then went back on it. And then after this next week i'll be back to my normal diet and then i'll drop a whole bunch more before i go to my next show right it's because but i'm able to like go out and do something it just it means don't get a whole bunch of fucking popcorn and corn chips that whole day and feast the entire day because you know you're gonna cheat right so it's just cheat because you're in the moment and you're having fun and then the next day be a good boy and you just go back just to it. Go yeah. exactly, just lockstep right. Like I bought a, brought a bunch of keto snacks with me. It's all beef jerky and fucking pork rinds that I had with me in the car. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> and no sugar drinks. I didn't even drink any. The only sugar I had was I did have some beers while I was out having fun with my buddy I barely see. Right. Which I wasn't going to be like, I'm, 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 I'm doing keto right any, now. Do you have any light beer? <laughs> I mean, I had pizza at like fucking one in the morning. So like, you know. Right. I'm but I'm I didn't still... go. But I didn't go overkill. I didn't eat like five slices. I had a couple slices and called it good. Right. And I had enough to put in my stomach so that the whiskey and the alcohol that I had that night didn't kill me. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's just the you know that's that's the way you're supposed to do it. You're not supposed to like say, oh, it's oh, my cheat day. I'm gonna have like fucking five hundred grams of carbs today. Or you know? like five thousand. Like I probably had about three thousand calories that day, but like I. Intermittent fasted on my way up. I didn't get a cheap breakfast. I didn't get a cheap lunch. I made myself food before I left. Mm-hmm. And it was just that Mexican food and the beer and the pizza. That was my cheats. And, that was, and that's perfectly fine. Like, and then the other night I had fucking chili feet, chili feet steak, Philly cheesesteak. 
<laughs> chili feesteak, huh? Chili feesteaks. <laughs> um, okay. There's a place that's not bad across the street from BOK called, like, Atlas Bar and Grill or something like that. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah, so that's where I took Matt on our <laughs> mandate. Hey. Uh, but. Yeah? I think, uh, <clears throat> Jason, you've talked a little bit about game. <clears throat> Rusty. Yeah. Yep. Over the last two weeks. Yeah. How many hours have you gamed? I've gamed a lot. <laughs> I would say about 130 hours in a game that you said that you were getting on a whim. So I didn't even talk about uh, about this game. You were playing this game. Yeah. Uh, we were, we're talking about Elden Ring. Um, now, <clears throat> mind you, last time we recorded, he was talking about Elden Ring. He was showing me some of the stuff that he was doing with it and, you know, kind of walking around while I was you know, while I was here, uh, and I kind of just, I, I, I didn't commit to anything because I was like, okay, this is a FromSoft game. I know recently I just tried to play some, uh, some Demon Souls and I am, you know, I got a little bit into it. Like I got through the first boss and then I started bouncing like, and some of the shit was that I was running into was kind of bullshit, and I felt like I was going to throw a controller, and I just I just ended it right. And that's pretty much been my experience with FromSoft games. Like, I'll, I'll get to the you know get through the first boss, like the first real boss, not the tutorial boss, right? But you know the one that's supposed to kill you, right? Um, but I'll get through the first real like stage get to the boss, beat it, and then, like, start hitting a difficulty wall right afterwards because I wasn't doing things right. Um, and then I just, I, I just, I, I just back away before I will break a controller. And I have done that on a FromSoft game before, and, and controllers are fucking expensive these days. They're not easy to come by either. Um, so I, I said, you know, fuck it, whatever. Um, but, uh, after we, you know, after we recorded, I got home and I had, I mean, I had just beaten, uh, Dying Light, Dying Light 2 and I didn't have any games to play. I was like, I didn't have anything to sit down to. So we were sitting there and just kind of chatting a bit and I'm like, oh, well, maybe I could, you know, like do a, you know, a share and try Elden Ring and see, you know, see how we could do that. And we didn't get the, the share set up because it was really fucking late that it night. It was like right was, in the middle of time change and it was like three in the morning. Right. And, and I'm like, I was like, okay. I'm too fucking tired. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. Okay. Well, I'll talk to you in the morning. We'll see if we can get this thing set up. Um, and after he had passed out, I'm sitting there up at night, you know, staring at my fucking, you know, uh, at my library and I'm like, at, Fuck it! I'm Steam's, just gonna Steam's loser queue, right? And I just, I was like, all right, fuck it, and I just went ahead and bought it. I just, I said, you know what? Whatever. I mean, this wouldn't be the only or the first time I bought us, you know, I bought a full ass fucking game and bounced off of it in the first few hours. You know, there's always refund if it is that bad, right? Um, but. What I found out is I, I got into that, uh, I booted it up, and of course died to the first boss, you know, because 
I mean, you're basically supposed to. Well, it's possible to beat that fucker. Um, and I was doing fairly well. Like I, I thought, I thought, okay, I'm going to be able to take care of this, you know, this guy. Uh, cause I lasted for about a minute, I think, you know, in that fight, like I got him about maybe half of his health down. Um, and you're really not supposed to, you're supposed to see this guy and he's going to fucking do a big, a big ass fucking like multi-hit combo on you. And you're going to fall over dead because you've got like a bee's dick worth of health at the beginning of the game anyway. Um, <clears throat> so I felt fairly decent going into that, you know, that battle or after getting that battle to about half health and still failing to it. Um, I felt fairly decent, but what I was not expecting is just like this game just like builds like the, the, you know, when you, when you wake up in the lands between and get to the first step and you have that breath of the wild moment where the land just kind of expands around you and you can look around and you can see like a long distance. I'm like, holy fuck, this game is big. And I'm in like this little tiny corner of the fucking map, right? <laughs> uh, I didn't know exactly at that moment. I didn't know how big this fucking game is. It's goddamn massive. Um, There's somebody online was explaining that because the map reveals as you go, it gives you a sense of of discovery that somebody it's not just fog of war the map starts off small right and grows yeah it starts off real like like when you pull up the map screen the area that you're in at the very beginning of the game fills the screen right but as you move away from that point it zooms out a bit more as you go along to the point where you know, you start to have this feeling of expanse, like this, the, the game world just kind of expands around you and you start to see more and more of that as you travel, like as you travel in this game. Well, and, and it's not really spoiler, but like at a certain point you'd understand there is underground levels. Right. And it's not just one. Right. There's, and, and so and far there's not, they're not tiny. They're not no, small areas. These are. <clears throat> basically a full on four stage level of demon souls. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty crazy. Uh, the, the amount of extra shit that you run it, into. There, it does a good job of scaling you up to the harder challenges. It does not say that you're not supposed to take on the first boss for quite a while, but some people do that. They follow the, points of grace straight to the main boss and then fail miserably. I was talking to my buddy TJ mm -hmm. who went up against Margaret, which is the very first guy, right? Yeah. At level 20 with level one weapons. Oof. I was like, TJ, what are you doing? He's like, well, I thought the stones were really rare, so I haven't upgraded anything. It's like, upgrade your shit. Yeah. No, you got to fucking upgrade, upgrade your, your shit. shit. I was like, have you went south? He's like, what's south? I was like, just go south. Just go south. Right. Get... Cut your teeth a little bit more. You've got a lot to cut. It's like, how many of the caves have you, have you found? It's like, not a lot yet. It's like, Explore. I explored the whole fucking area of Limgrave before I went and 
whack that guy. And Limgrave is basically three, you know, three zones, like three full ass fucking zones. There's east and west Limgrave, and then there's the Southern Peninsula. Um, the, and there's like there's probably like thirty small bosses worth of material too. Oh yeah, there's there's multiple bosses, and including some bosses that are there to fuck with you, like you know. It's called right. the tree guard or something like tree, that. Everybody's going to run into a the knight tree with a sentinel. halberd, and he will womp your ass until you. Yes. You're supposed to, you literally can go around him, mm-hmm. but for some reason, I was like, I can fucking take him. No, no, you can't. The dude like one shots you at low level. Right. Um, it's a big fucking joke. You can't. I mean, unless I was a master of parrying, I couldn't have taken him. I, I, can he parry on a horse? I don't know. Uh, I still suck at parrying. No, I, I fucking, I, I can't do it. <laughs> did the guard break is what I've been trying, but yeah. So you end up just continuing to cut your teeth and continue to make increments of progress. And I think the best way I've played it is with a handful of guides. When I run into something I just completely don't understand, I'll like look up a guide. Like right. the there's a we'll say what it is. There's a way to if you don't know this to duplicate your god souls. I'm just gonna call them souls, but your god runes or whatever, right? So right. that you can get both items, but it's a limited amount of times that you can do that. So I did look up how to do that, and I was like, oh, that's what those things were. And so I duplicated the one that for faith weapons because I've got a paladin, so to speak. Right. And now I've got both the fucking spells, which are badass. Um, death lightning. Death lightning. Death it causes lightning. the death status effect, and it's fucking lightning shower all around you. Nice. I use a lot of FP, but um, more of a PvP spell. But <laughs> whatever. I'm prepared. Come invade me, you motherfucker. <laughs> right. Um, but that's the other thing, too. Like, I've only been invaded twice now. In I haven't 100- been invaded at all. Like, well, I thought... I thought... Uh, I had this fucking notion that I was being invaded by the same dude over and over again. And it was starting to piss me off because the, uh, you know, because it was uh, in in a spot. I was in a fucking little ravine on a river and I kept getting fucking invaded by the same fucking guy. And I'm like, this guy is probably just sitting there fucking spamming the fucking, you know, fingers. And I'm like. The finger, you know, the, the consumable that actually invades people. And I'm sitting there fucking, he's just waiting for me to come through to do this quest. God damn this motherfucker. Uh, and he would stack bleed on me, which does, uh, once, you know, once the status is full, it does a big fucking chunk of your health. And I'm playing a, you know, I was, I'm playing a spellcaster. I'm, I'm playing a mage. Um, I figured, well, most people were saying that Mage was broken, and I, f- I figured I'm going to stack the deck in my favor for a fr- from soft game, uh, and you know, give me the best possible option, you know, best possible chance to beat this game, right? <clears throat> so I went Mage, um, uh, and this guy that I thought was an invader that just kept fucking like fucking with me, I found out was an NPC invader. And there's a lot of them and there's, there's quite a few NPC invaders in this game, but I don't think I've ever actually been invaded by, no, I was invaded once by, you know, by a human. I can, I can tell, tell you that I got invaded once by a human, uh, and I fucking owned his face. <laughs> it probably felt good. It did. It felt real good. Um, but, um, uh, but, uh, but I am now 
quite over leveled for that now. So I don't think I have to worry about, you know, invasions anymore. <laughs> yeah, I had I was over in Caleb's one of the other higher mid mid game areas and I was farming a uh a scythe that shoots like spinning discs things, right? For right. Knights. And it's a very specific character that casts these and there's like three of them in an area and I was like, I'm gonna kill these guys for a few minutes till I get the whole fucking set because I got a it's called the Clean Rot set. It looks really fucking cool. Oh yeah. And the fucking scythe is fucking badass. It's a face scaling weapon and that's what my guy does. And I got invaded by somebody um while I was doing that and I looked at the map and I was like, oh okay, this is one of those areas where there are invasions because it'll show you like targeted areas where there are PvP battles going on. But it's only specific spots in the map. Right. And you kind of have to hang out in one of those spots for a while to get invaded, I guess. So I got invaded, and he didn't realize that my pally is fucking tanky and actually does some really decent fucking damage. Right. So I hit my fucking spell to get buffed, hit my bubble, and then instead of just attacking him with spells, I did the roly pullies and fucking backstabbed this guy with a whole bunch of fucking health, one-shotted his ass. And then I got... <laughs> 300,000 runes. And I was like, fuck. Damn. And at that point, that was like six levels for me. Right. So I was like, he died. I just got a whole big, now I've got a huge chunky health bar because of that. So thank you very much. Right. Um, But yeah, it gave me all these fucking runes when I killed him. I was like, fuck. Then I got invaded by another guy. And this is at the time after I've been killing dragons. Now I've got a lot of dragon breath attacks. So I hit him with fucking magma, um, which lit him on fucking fire. And then turned around and hit him with rot breath, like while he was fucking staggered. And then I just waited and I did the sign for the salute mm-hmm. and then just backed off a little ways and then watched him die. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> the rot breath does, uh, uh, puts the scarlet rot, which is a dot on him. And it's a for, pretty chunky. For, for, well, the initial hit hits for like 400 or 600, depending on, because I've got two rot breaths now. Mm-hmm. One's for an even bigger area, and one's for a smaller, more narrow beam, which is what I used in PvP. But it, it does a chunk of damage, plus they take down like 50 health every couple of seconds. Right. Just continue it's, to tick down. And it's, it's a, depending on how your character's set up, right, if he didn't have high immunity, which he probably didn't, like he caught it immediately. Right. And... Yeah, he was fucking toast. And most people don't have the, uh, you know, the item... So he was probably in his frickin' menus trying to craft the fucking item to, you know, to clear the Scarlet Rot because most people don't have that shit on their bars. Um, yeah, because I wasn't in an area where that was a thing. I was over in uh, whatever the swampy area is. Right. Um, I did get owned in PvP. I, there's a quest that requires you to invade three times. Right. I did that too. And I uh, kept invading a group of three people. It was a group of two for me. And uh, <laughs> I just spent all my runes, and I was just like, okay, I'm just going to get through this so I can get, unlock this next area, which right. is also an underground area. And uh, got pretty fucking owned. There was one time I just saluted them and just let them beat the shit out of me. Right. There was the the first first two times I went in there, I, I cast a few spells. I hit them a couple times, uh, but they, you know, they just, uh, they tag-teamed me, and... I, there wasn't anything I could do. Like, I, I'm a fucking mage. You know, if you fart in my general direction, I'm going to fall over. At that point, I didn't have that great of a health bar. Um, so, you know, all they had to do was hit me twice and I was done. Um, Here's the crazy thing, though, to just think about. So between me and you, we have 
over 250 hours of Elden Ring. Yeah. I don't know how the people who have reviewed this have gotten through it in a reasonable amount of time and experienced everything. I don't think they and did. And how long to beat is absolutely wrong. I don't know who plays this in 50 hours. There's no way. I mean, you could, right? I, mean, I watched speedrunners do it in 30 minutes. Technically, Technically, you could. Technically, you could just go grace to grace to grace and kill the main bosses and be done. But that's not the right experience for this game. No, it's not. This game is... One of the biggest games I've ever played, and I don't mean that in just map size. I mean that there's a lot of content, and it's not bullshit content like Saints Row 4. It's There are shit tons of smaller bosses and shit tons of things to explore. I haven't done that much grinding. Let's say out of uh, 120 hours, I've ground, grinded for about maybe five hours total. Just yeah, well, that's about right. Basically, all the only grinding I do is it's like, oh, I'm more than halfway to a level. I'm about to hit a challenge. Let me uh, finish out this level real quick, and then I'll go back to the challenge so I don't waste my shit. Right. Um, which is, to me, the <coughs> most helpful tip for all Souls games. If you're close to a level, don't explore something new until you spent your Souls. Right. Um, which is totally what I do in this. And it's... I didn't follow, like, a build guide or anything. Like, I just kind of identified the weapon types that I had. Like, I got... Once I got that Tree Sentinel's Halberd... Mm-hmm. And I finally figured out how to beat him as a melee character, which is fucking hard. It's not, yeah, not fun. Um, I wanted to use that halberd. So oh, yeah. it required 30 strength. So I got my strength up to 30, and then I started leveling up my faith. And what happened is I offset my lack of faith with a bunch of strength for a while. And then I, now my faith is at like 55, and my strength is at like 34. So I can use a couple of other weapons I couldn't use. But basically, I gain most of my shit from my faith. So all my weapons are fucking crazy looking, and I love it. There I've got fucking, like, weird spells, too. Like, I chuck boulders at people. Or I, like, shoot these fucking claw lines across the ground that take out groups. I got fucking dragon breaths and lightning and all sorts of fucking crazy lightning shit. Yeah. There's, I mean, the the faith spells are actually... In my opinion, the faith spells are actually better than the sorceries in this game. Well, like, there's, there's more utility. I can cure poison. I can put fire, like, fire reduction on myself. There's ba- can, buffs. Like, I can, you can cure myself the of the death effect, mm-hmm. which I use all the fucking time with the areas of the basilisk. But I just started the big city and started screwing around there. Okay. The big city in the north. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I so I still have four bosses left. Um, And I just... I, when I was talking to Jason earlier on Discord, all I was doing was just exploring that city and all the fucking dudes that come up and suck your head. Um, oh, yeah. Fuck them guys. Yeah. So I re-geared myself to do. So I, I've got two things. So I've got a a chest piece that helps with jump attacks, and I've got a talisman that helps with jump attacks so I can one-shot the fuckers when they get close to me, and I do it with one of two things, my crazy scythe or my big fucking winged club. So this is just, uh, it's like whack-a-mole, essentially. It's <laughs> fucking huge, and it clobbers shit. And then it's uh, Ash of War is like a huge area of effect, like fat jump, where you jump up and like plop down like the fucking blob and do a whole bunch of holy AoE damage. Nice. Um, so it's, I don't know. I'm having fun in the city, but I haven't fought any major bosses there. I fought, though, those weird rot lizards are what I call them, or rot dragons. Yep. There was one in a courtyard that I had to battle that was pretty fucking tough. Um, but they're not even really a boss. It's just they pop up randomly in different spots. And I don't know. I'm, that's where I'm at. I've got four bosses. I assume you're a little bit further than me. I am further Did you than beat you. the main boss in that area? So, uh, so I have 
completed that city. Uh, I have gone past that city and I've completed the next, next area. And then there's, um, I'm not sure if you've, you know, if, if you've seen or picked up, uh, you know, uh, picked up this thing when you go to, uh, when you go through the game, there's, uh, there's these great lifts that the, that. Oh yeah. I have the, I have the medallions. Okay. So there's two major great lifts that I've found so far. Uh, but there's one of them that has a secret medallion. Uh, and it actually says secret in it, you know, in the name of the medallion. Um, if you can get both halves of that, then the second great lift that you, uh, that you, you know, run into will take you to yet another zone. And that zone was what I was messing with last night. That took a full fucking eight hour game session to get through that fucking zone. And that zone is no joke. Holy fuck. Does that game, that zone just like want to fuck you hard. I've got my attention split between, I call it the golden city and the volcano area. So I've completed the volcano area. I've gone, I've completed did you complete the, the boss there? Yes. I've, did I've, you do any of the quests? I did all the quests first. That's something that this is doing differently than Souls games. So, like, if you get a quest, so there's a certain point you're asked to basically take out different dudes. Right. There's, it's not a yellow check mark, but there's a little red dot on your map when it gives you very specific tasks. Right. And there's, it's very, that is such a rare thing for, uh, for this game. Like, most of the time, if you're on a quest, you just kind of have to, re, you know, Listen to the dialogue and pay attention to where they might be next um, or what the next step is. Well, there was some feedback from some people. This game has gained a lot of fucking traction, like COD, Call of Duty popularity, and uh, which I think is great for FromSoft, honestly. Mm-hmm. And people were saying, well, we don't know where the NPCs are. So they added a patch that showed NPC locations on the map where they are now. Well... You have to see them first. That, yeah, so it, it doesn't it, actually point you in the right direction. It, it's just so. So for in instance, dialogue, they said like such and such. And I was doing the witch quest line. It mm-hmm. said like such and such person. I looked at my map and just went through the list of NPCs on the map. It's like, oh, that person's over there. Okay. okay, and it was a place that I've been before. Right. Um, some of the uh, some of those quest markers don't actually show up until you've walked by the NPC once. Uh, so it allows you to kind of find the NPCs that you may have walked by and you maybe didn't hear the dialogue or you didn't see them because sometimes they blend into the background. Um, uh, and it helps you find those, uh, those merchants again, because that was, that was another thing for me is like, where the fuck was that merchant again? Fuck. I can't remember. You can look at the map and you can see the merchant. I'm at a point where I'm still looking for my faith trainer because my faith trainer disappeared and got to figure out where he went. I, uh, I'm actually fairly along, uh, far along on that quest. Um, you know, he, I thought he would be at Volcano Manor, but I did not find him. Um, I, I, I'll close that. We could talk about it offline. I'll but. talk, yeah, I'll talk, uh, I'll, I'll talk to you about that here afterwards. But, um, <clears throat> to, uh, to, to give you an idea. Uh, my last time I played a FromSoft game, I probably put maybe six, five, six hours into it, and I bounced off of it. 
I am 132 fucking hours into uh, to Elden Ring, and um, I am thriving in this fucking game. Like, I feel like once f- you once it clicks, it really clicked. Like, like I told you, like the combat follows some simple rules, but each of the weapons have different move sets, right? Once you kind of understand how all that stuff works, like you just kind of blend. This game really wants you to blend spells or abilities. Like, it wants everybody to use their mana bar to a certain extent. If right. it's because it has abilities with your weapons, you have fucking summons, which I think that makes the game easier, but it is, I like it. The summons were very, uh, were, uh, the summons were pretty key for me, um, because as a spellcaster, and at the very beginning of the game, it's, it's kind of a weird, uh, it's a kind of a weird mix. Like, so when I first started the game, I wanted to give myself the best possible opportunity, right? Took the mage, you know, took the astrologian or astrologer class or whatever, um, went the magic route, uh, and then I watched just one quick guide on, you know, online of like the best possible start for a mage, which has you running through some areas that you don't normally get to until later in the game. Yeah, but um, you got yourself a a staff that didn't need to be upgraded, right? To I get a, you to where you could get a staff that needed to be upgraded, right? So I ended up getting the meteorite staff, uh, the rock sling, uh, uh, rock sling sorcery, and then I went and took those two things, uh, and ended up getting myself a fairly decent sword that scales off of it, uh, so that I had a melee option. And I had a decent staff to, you know, to, to work with and at least one good hard hitting spell that I could, you know, and start a, beating. hundred percent shield. Uh, and, and then I found a hundred percent shield. Yeah. I was like, okay, I need to find a hundred percent shield. And, we, you know, and, and there was one fairly, you know, there's one fairly early on in the game, as long as you can kind of sneak in and, uh, and, you know, get it. Right. I had the brass shield, which you can find super early in the game, and got it up to plus five, which was as high as I could get it at that level. Right. And that was my mainstay until I got the great... I've got a great shield that has 74 guard on it right now. Okay. That's... So I can literally block anything, and then if I put barricade on it, it just takes a fucking tic-tac off of it. So I can block fucking everything with my paladin now. That's nuts. Um, But I opt to get rid of barricade so I can two-hand my fucking scythe or my hammer and go through the ashes of war anytime I want. So, you know, the uh, the trade-off for playing a mage is I needed to learn how to roll because I did not have stamina to be able to use a shield outside of maybe, like, you know, blocking a projectile or one uh, or two, right? Or, like, you just can't avoid a hit, so you need to block. Right. Um, and I didn't have much of a health bar because I was heavily investing into intelligence really early on. I think so you that had I could... 30 intelligence while you had like 15. Yeah, I health. had, I, I didn't have very much in vitality at all. Um, I had 30 intelligence, meaning I could kill things really quickly as long as they didn't see me. Uh, and I could roll out of the, out of the way. Um, I was getting two shot all the time because I, that's all of the health I had. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, and there's a point where that just doesn't work any longer. <laughs> um, but I, I felt like 
on one hand, it was playing the game a little bit easier because you have range. And in in a game that's very uh, melee heavy, um, you know, if you can kill things at range, then they don't have an opportunity to hit you. Um, so you have, you know, you have that advantage, but I also had the disadvantage of like bosses could almost one shot me, uh, if I, you know, didn't, you know, defensively roll, um, that made me get, uh, you know, made me get a little bit better at, uh, at being a bit more defensive and reading, you know, reading attacks as they were coming in to see which ones I could, you know, I could roll out of and, and whatnot. Uh, so that was really beneficial. Uh, it wasn't easy. It's easier than I would, I, I know that it's easier than a melee focus class would, you know, would have it because I have range. Uh, but it also has its downsides. Uh, that's gone all the way the fuck out the window now because my mage is now rocking, you know, full on heavy plate, uh, and has a health bar that spans halfway across the fucking screen. <laughs> so, uh, he's, he's pretty chunky now, <laughs> still very intelligence focused. Um, but I have worked out my, uh, endurance just enough to be able to wear heavy plate. Uh, and I've worked out my vigor so that I've got, you know, a decent amount of hit points now, uh, which I absolutely fucking needed for the, you know, uh, for the boss that I uh, beat this morning. Um, there is a boss at the end of this secret area. Uh, I won't say the name or anything like that, but I will tell you what the mechanics are. Okay. It is a swordswoman. Uh, she is, uh, she's got a fairly long blade, like think samurai blade, but a little bit longer. Her attacks will take her, she will dash about halfway across the freaking arena that you fight her in. Um, her attacks will, you know, make her move that far. So you can't keep range on her because she keeps fucking closing in on you. Right. Sounds um, like I need to give her a hug. She, um, uh, if she hits you, she heals. So every hit she, uh, she, you know, every hit, not necessarily every hit that takes damn, you know, that you take damage from. If you block her with your shield, she heals off of it. So it's, it, it's a battle of attrition because her hit point bar starts full you cast your summon. Your summon will uh, will take a little bit down. So I will watch that you know that hit point bar go down by a quarter and then fill back up again. And then it would go down to about half. And then it would fill up to about three quarters or so. Sounds like I need to parry her. Uh, and uh, it's it just is it, the the boss's health bar keeps going back and forth through, through the entire fucking fight. Uh, and once she gets to 75% health, she has an ability that she can use. She will jump up into the, into the air and then like dash forward towards you, you know, basically where you're at and do a big slash AOE, like, you know, in that area. Uh, of course you can dodge out of the way of that. 
But then the second part of that is she will dash to your new location and do another one of those AOEs. So if you can roll out of that one, you're fine. Until the third part of that is another dash that basically lands almost directly at your feet and does another AOE and then ends with a really chunky fucking hit that is also an AOE. So it's a four hit fucking combo or a four dash combo that does multiple hits. Like if you get hit like by all the hits in the AOE, you're dead. Doesn't matter how many fucking hit points you have, you're gone. <laughs> Nothing. You know, and if you block those attacks, which you can, she'll heal all of her hit points back if you do. <laughs> so you don't want to get hit by this at all. <laughs> so I take it this took a while for to figure out. Holy piss. That boss took five fucking hours for me to figure out. Like, generally, most of the bosses in the game, even some of the fucking, like, you know, tougher bosses that people were saying, hey, this is probably going to wreck your face. I was able to either one or two shot, right? This one took five fucking hours. And it was just like a battle of attrition. Like this one ability with the fucking leap up and fucking AOE, like homing fucking AOE shit that she was doing. It's such bullshit, man. It's such bullshit. I bet she's going to get fucking uh, rot breath. So, so that's not all. <laughs> what ends up happening is when you deplete her health bar, she has a phase two. <laughs> she has a fucking phase two. And it gets. She's one of the main bosses, isn't she? She is one of the main bosses. You do get a, uh, you do get a rune from her, but, um, the phase two is all of that. Plus, now all of her attacks apply Scarlet Rot, and she's even more aggressive, <laughs> and her AoEs are bigger. <laughs> so, so as a mage, this feels like so much bullshit, huh? It was such a fucking pain in the dick, dude. I... I... I fucking... I was like, I gotta... I... I got close. There was a couple, you know, a couple times where she like outright killed me real fucking quick. And I'm like, okay, that was bullshit. And then I would just, you know, I would iterate on a strategy and see if that worked and that didn't work. And I'd fucking go back and I respect once to, uh, to move some, uh, some points around so that I had a little bit more hit points and, um, a little bit more endurance so that I could actually move some things around. I was thinking about changing my you know, fucking build completely to faith. I was thinking about th uh, changing my build completely to fucking arcane and using a bleed build. I was looking at any fucking possible way that I could like find a chink in the armor because you have to do more damage to her than she heals from you to be able to beat her. Um, you know, so I did, I was just going through, I was throwing fucking spaghetti at the wall and set was to see what stack it was. It sucked. I guess I'm not quite looking forward to it, but I do some, so I've got a, my scythe Ash of War does at this point about 1900 damage. Um, it, 
you could you could probably get through a decent amount of that. Like I was having some problems. She's got she's got a hip you know, a lot of hit points. Um and of course you probably Jack Dragon Rotter and fucking. I was Ash thinking about it. Bit. Like I was thinking about going full faith and Or using my freeze dragon breath because that also does a status effect of slowing them down. Well, I don't I, she does not fuck around Frostbite does not do fuck all to her. I tried. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, I was doing anything I could think of and I was just, I was this fucking close to changing my uh, build to full faith and upgrading full, uh, a full set of new weapons. Yeah. My faith weapon also does 55, 55 on bleed. So if I can get two large attacks, I've also triggered a bleed. So I ended up using... My intelligence build modified a little bit so that I have more hit points. Uh, I lost access to one spell, but that was about it. And I barely used that spell anyway. Um, and I ended up uh, going samurai mode. I went and used the uh, Moonville Katana to, uh, you know, to, to beat her. So I beat her as a melee, uh, a intelligence-based melee build. Um, that was how I was able to beat her. Um, Moonvale is a, it's got a Nash of War that gives you like slashes that have a, a bit of range to it. It has like a an energy, you know, uh, slash a component to it. Uh, so I was able to keep at about medium distance. So if she did her bullshit move, I would be able to try to, you know, try to roll away of it. You know, it's like panic rolling at that point. Um, but it was, it was RNG. I, f- I feel like I beat that based off of RNG. Like she only used that bullshit move twice and I was able to survive it. Um, she could do that multiple times over and over again. So I, I feel like in Dark Souls 1, the bosses change tactics depending on how many times you failed. I don't know if that was what happened here. Um, I know the Ash of War that I'm using, or the or the um, summon that I'm using right now, uh, the Spirit Ashes is. You're still using the one that has the death status effect, right? Uh, no, I I changed that up. Uh, there is there is another one that is. Uh, I don't know if you've run into them before. You know, you might have the the assassins. Um, I think I have some assassins. Uh, I don't know. There's there's a couple. A couple enemies in this game that uh, that are uh, uh, Deathblade assassins, uh, and they are invisible and very, very nimble, uh, and they will just like you know, you know, surprise backstab you. <laughs> um, you can uh, you can fight a. Uh, a version of one of those in one of the Evergoals, which is, uh, you know, kind of like a, you know, or Everjails, the, 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 uh, they're little boss battles. Yeah. They're these little like teleporters. You go into another dimension and fight them and then. Right. But you can't summon, you cannot summon in, in there. So you can't uh, have anybody, you know, you can't have anybody other than a player help, uh, for those. So you can't summon uh, spirit ashes in those. So you, you know, for me it was one on one with this boss, uh, and it's one of those freaking. They're basically ninjas, um, 
And what it does, uh, it has an ability that it will do like a blood slash that is got a range to it. And if it hits, it will cause uh, damage over time bleed effect. Um, that was a really tough battle. I was able to beat that one. I got the spear dash. I upgraded all the way. Uh, and I was using it on her because uh, the ability uh, does damage over time, which kind of counteracted her, you know, ability to heal off of, you know, off of me and my spirit ash. Uh, so it was, it was, oh man, I felt real good. It felt real good to beat her. Like I it was like a soul, you know, one of those souls moments where you're like, fuck yeah, beat that bitch. Get the fuck out of here. I mean, and that's the whole reason I like playing those games was, that sense of accomplishment when you do run up against a brick wall and you finally figure it out and yep. then everything else feels fucking easy after it. Right. Like those fucking gold knights that are in that area. Yep. Um, took me a while to figure out that they stagger and uh, now it's just jump attack and go through my combos until they fucking die. Like it's, it's just like, oh, I see them. I'm going to run up there and just hug that dude until until he dies. Like, I'm due to get right up in his face and just go ape. Because I know once they cast their holy spells, like, they're fucking ridiculous. Right. The, the, um, uh, the, you know, having additional, uh, additional weapons, like, there, you can't fully upgrade every weapon that you see. You have. But you can get, like, on the somber weapons, you can get up to plus nine and know that there's only one upgrade that's only going to spawn a couple times. So you kind of, I'm getting stuff up to nine that I really like. Mm hmm. And then gonna wait till closer to the end to figure out which one I want to fully upgrade. Yeah, the uh, because I keep finding stuff that's good. Yeah, I uh, was so able to. Nothing has completely replaced the wing scythe. Even the big fucking tree branch that I got is a fucking club <laughs> yeah. um, that's faith based somehow. Um, that wing scythe doing bleed and having the fucking like super ninja jump thing with the its ash core. That yeah. move set's fucking great for taking shit down and it does a ridiculous amount of damage. Like it just fucking melts shit. It's like, boss, come at me, bro. I can fucking slice you to ribbons. I'm just, I was just happy to find something that was, uh, you know, that, and, you know, scaled with intelligence as far as damage was concerned. Um, you know, so that I didn't have to, you know, go a full melee build, but I still had options for melee. Uh, so that was, uh, so right now I'm running two, uh, two curved, uh, uh, two curved swords. So I'm power stance and curved swords and that allows me to have some really good melee as a spellcaster. Like it gives me another option so that I don't have to use my mana to kill things all the time. I can actually run up and, you know, fuck them up that way, which helps a lot so one thing i'm just gonna say like obviously we may have this beat by next week i know i won't because i'm still going to another show and doing yet <laughs> another thing next weekend too so i'm kind of on the outs with that but it's obvious that this this is a hit for a reason like even if rusty got into it it's a reason that like half a million people are playing this at any one time on steam yeah i mean it's one of the most played games on Steam. It's it it has surprised me in multiple ways. Like, um, from soft games do require you to use your head. Um, 
and there is just a lot of exploration. There's a lot of secrets. There's a lot of things that you can just kind of like read into in, you know, in FromSoft games, um, you know, and having not a whole lot of experience in that, uh, in jumping into Elden Ring, I'm, I can kind of see where the, uh, uh, where the appeal of all the other Souls games were is just, you know, that kind of beat your head against the wall until you figure it out. I learned to laugh at my failures. That was the, that was the biggest key for me to continue because man, some of those bosses really do suck. And some of the enemies are worse than bosses. Um, you know, some of the normal enemies that you just see running around are fucking worse than bosses. Because at least the bosses have a, you know, have a move set that you can kind of learn. Some of these fucking, uh, some of these enemies, they, they will just straight up fuck your face. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, I, I have learned quite a bit from, uh, from the early game. I did use a little bit of guides just to give me, you know, enough of the edge to be able to, you know, to move forward. Um, but, it is it is definitely a game that I want to go back through uh in melee cuz I think that the game would be completely different while playing like a melee faith build and I think that's uh I think that might be the you know the next way for me to do it. So I might play the paladin that you're playing right now. I feel uh, like the paladin is a good mix of magic and melee because I switch it up all the time between what I want to do and I usually split my flask right down the middle between health and mana flask. Right. So it's for me right now it's seven and seven. Yeah. And so that you can't I've, get any more. Yeah. So am I maxed? I think I think that's it. Um, uh, there might be some in the next area, but regardless, like I'm at a spot where I just split it down the middle because I got healing spells if I overuse my other. Um, but I do use spells. Like I am using a fair amount of spells. But it's situational. It's like, can I melee this or do I need to use ranged? Okay, range makes more sense. I'll lose less health if I use ranged spells. So I'm going to throw rocks at these guys or fucking hit, hit them with lightning. Or lightning has turned into one of my most used spells by a long shot. It's just expensive. And rocks are my second most useful spell, surprisingly. Um, because you can chain throw them. Like you wind, it's like winding up a baseball. And so you wind up and toss this boulder, or small boulder. And then you can immediately tap it again and then toss another and toss another and toss another until you're out of stamina or out of FP. Um, so you can like chain toss these things and then you just use a tic-tac of my, or tic-tac of my FP. So kind of like the pebble, how you can kind of cast, 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 cast. Right. It's like that. He just uses both hands and just starts throwing boulders at things. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you about a, uh, about an incantation that you probably maybe have missed. That that you're gonna like. You remember the um, the centipede dudes? Uh, yeah, it's been a while. So that there's there's an uh, a very early trap that you can get into uh, when you very first start the game. There's a chest that you can open up that will you know that will teleport you to a later portion of the game and put you inside a cave. That you have to sneak out of the crystal cave. Yes. 
So what did I miss in the crystal cave? So there is, there's enemies in there that will shoot these little tendrils out and they're fucking homing tendrils. That's a faith spell? You can get that as a faith spell. From those enemies? It's not from those enemies. I will tell you how to get it. Uh, I'll tell you how to get it later. It's, there is a, there's a vendor that you have to do, uh, and a, a little bit of a quest line to get it. Um, but, um, you will be able to That's use that spell. That's my second summon is a fucking prawn. I use a fucking prawn and, and situationally when I want ranged. And that, you know, and it shoots those tendrils out? Yeah, so I use him sometimes instead of my other summon, which I won't go into, which is kind of a surprise. But um, I've got one main summon, and then I've got my uh, tendril prawn, which is my other really upgraded summon. Right. So I'll tell you about about how to, there's there's so many things that we can compare notes on uh, on this game because there's stuff that you know one person could find and another person just completely misses. It's you Elden know. Ring's really fucking good. This is absolutely going on my oh. games list for the end of the year. Like, oh yeah, I can't imagine it not being. Yeah, it's. I was trying to explain it. So Matt, and we're gonna. I think we're gonna wrap up here in a second and go to a break, but. I was trying to explain to Matt, I was like, so this is one of the few games that had a lot of hype that surpassed expectations. Yep. And that was... A th- uh, and I was like, that's why there's so much hype, is because we had a lot of hype, we thought it might be good or it might be bad, and then it ended up being like the best one of the series. Right. I, and the and thing is, I picked it up on a complete whim. Like, it wasn't on my radar because it was a FromSoft game. And... You know, my history with FromSoft games have not been great. Um, so I was like, fuck it. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll give it a try. Refund it if I don't like it, you know. And here I am fucking 130 hours into it. And I'm still not done. I probably got another maybe 20-ish hours left. It's a, it's a month after release. It is the number two played game right now. At 455,000 concurrent players, the next highest one is CSGO at 460,000 current yeah. players. Now, peak today, CSGO still had 930,000 and Elden Ring had 480. The point is, is it has consistent player count all hours of the day, every fucking day. Yeah. And this is PC. This is not PS5 or right. the new Xbox. Um, it is still beating the fucking pants off Lost Ark because it's... A way better game, right? Um, it's it, it's it's great that people like me can actually get into it and and succeed. It does give you a lot more options to be able to succeed. Whereas what I've seen so far of like you know, say like um, uh, Demon Souls or Dark Souls or anything like that, is that if you don't do things quite right, you can really fuck yourself. Um, if you don't, you know, if you, you know, because they're fairly linear, they don't seem linear, but they are. Um, and if you don't do things in the right way, or if you don't build in the right way, you can kind of get yourself into a roadblock situation where you have to go grind to cre uh, to fix your problem, right. Or re-roll to, uh, uh, you know, to, uh, to get a build that would work. Um, Whereas Elden Ring, if you if something doesn't quite fit right, you've got an entire map that you can explore and then come back to that boss later and try to progress. Like, yeah, so far it's sold uh, twelve million copies. It's 
it, it proves that the you know that this um, it's the best selling. So the top selling entry out of all their stuff was Dark Souls three, which sold ten million copies since its launch seven years six years ago. But this is currently at twelve, and it's a month and a half after. To put that in context, <laughs> Skyrim sold twenty million copies. Yeah. And this is from a company that, you know, that has been known as a niche game company. Like this, you know, the, the, the Souls style of game has been niche for ever, really, since the original Demon Souls. It's been a very niche market. Um, either you like Souls games or you don't like Souls games. And there's Souls-like games out there just because, you know, it's so... You know, the difficulty scaling and, you know, and the, um, the progression tactics for, you know, for these games, uh, where you basically drop all of your currency when you die and you have to do kind of like a little death run to go pick it back up. Um, it's, it's unique to this, you know, to those games enough that it, you know, it has its own genre now, a Souls game. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, to put it in context, the Demon Souls remake sold over a million. Damn. And it's been out for a year and a half. And that's yeah. Damn. So what I'm what I'm thinking of is once I complete Elden Ring, I might give Demon Souls another go. Yeah, now that I've got a magic build because magic's OP in that game too. Uh, but it gives me a better, you know, it, it gives me a better idea of what I'm doing now. I probably won't be nearly as frustrated because Elden Ring really kind of is your best shot at a entry level Souls game by and while still having a decent amount of challenge to it. So, so let's take a break. All right, man. We'll be right back. And we're back. And we are back. Um, we are into news. We've talked a lot about Elden Ring, and uh, we've completely skipped over game releases that happened, like, basically today. Right. Ghostwire yeah. Tokyo and uh, Tiny Tina's D&D adventure thing. Um, both have come out. Tony Tino's? Tony Tino's. Funlands? Funlands, yes. Tony Tino's. <laughs> um, so both of those have released... Um, going to get around to it eventually i want to beat a game before i jump into a new game so true, true, um true i'm gonna wait until i beat elden ring i still gotta catch up on horizon as well yep which i will play okay but uh i will probably pick up thinking about picking up ghostwire tokyo oh my god going from elden ring to uh to uh horizon Oh my god! Is Just it think, no, no, you're gonna feel like uh, you're gonna feel like Horizon is gonna hold your dick while you piss. It is it it, it holds your hand that hard. Uh, so going from 
Elden Ring where it doesn't hold your hand at all to a game that basically tells you you need to take a dump. Uh, but I don't need to. But you will. <laughs> you will dump. Um, uh, that game really does point you painfully in, painfully in all directions. Um, and it doesn't let you figure shit out on your own. That's the, you know, uh, now that I'm done with the game, I felt like the game was really, you know, you know, was good. Um, and don't get me wrong. It is still a fun game, but there is still a, a bit of experience in actually figuring shit out on your own instead of having the game tell you, um, that and you're liking cause it doesn't feel it, it, it feels it feels better to – it feels like you've accomplished more uh, when you you know, when you know end up having to use more than a couple brain cells to play a game. Um, so, yeah, you're, you're, you're going to experience that. Well, I may – like I said, I do want to play Ghostwire Tokyo, which only has 800 reviews on Steam at this point um, because Elden Ring is a fucking juggernaut and I feel bad for them releasing this game at the same time as Elden Ring because nobody's playing anything else. So I was looking for the next game, uh, cause I know, I mean, I figure at 130 hours in Elden Ring, I figure the game's going to end at some point soon. Uh, <laughs> I've, I had, I have to, I have to, you know, have to think that it's going to have an end at some point. Um, so I have to look for the next game uh, and gonna do Borderlands I'm going to do Tiny Tina's, um, having looked at initial reviews, just, you know, some of the press there, reviews, like some people are saying it's better than Borderlands three, which is a leg up in my book. Mm-hmm. Um, not as good as two, which everybody agrees that two's the best. Well, yeah, obviously, um, I, I would also put in the caveat that it's not that hard to be better than three. <laughs> yeah, but you like played it twice, didn't you? I did. That's, <laughs> but that was more because uh, your wife was playing it because with it was the gunplay, you know, with somewhat current graphics. I I go back and play Borderlands two again, and I have. Before I played three again, but um, if you turn off the all the, I played three twice was to give a couple of the classes more, you know, a try. Right. Well, um, if you turn off all the sound to uh, to Borderlands three, it's fine. Yeah, it, I, I hated. It, the, I, I hated. hated the, I hated the fucking anim- or the main the bosses. The, yeah, the protagonists. Were, yeah, the, the antagonists. Antagonists. Yeah, they. They were annoying as hell. I mean, the the whole like you streamer. know streamer culture, yeah that that was that was just a bullshit take on fucking you know having a you know a, a set of bad guys. I fucking hated it. The story uh, in three was probably the weakest of them all, uh, and that is taking into account the pre sequel. Um, uh, I, I I just hated it. Uh, from what I get uh, gather so far, uh, from uh. Tony Tino's fun uh, fun world, um, where um, you know Tiny Tina is actually probably one of the best characters that they've created, uh, in my opinion. Uh, she's you know 
she's the the right kind of wicked, right? Right. You know, she's not annoying like a claptrap, and she's not like over. You know, she's over the top in her own way. Um, so having her like direct, you know, being the director of a D and D world game, uh, and having some of the voice talent that they've got on there, uh, mm, it seems like that it would be a, uh, a better shot. Um, that, and I've been looking for a good shooter and this is just coming in right at the right time for that. Like yeah, it's different enough from Elden Ring. It doesn't feel like you're playing the same thing, right? Well, I'm I'm looking for uh, I was looking something you can beat in a week. <laughs> looking for something that you know that you know just gives me some you know good clean freaking like you know joy blasting. You know, I was gonna you know play fucking you know uh, like a serious Sam or a Doom or something. You know, just to shoot shit. Uh, before I picked up Elden Ring, so this gives me another op- you know, an option to you know play something that's kind of you know RPG ish, uh, but still has uh, guns because you can't have Borderlands without guns. Speaking of RPGs, uh, Dying Light. So um, the company that does Dying Light said they uh, have a five year plan, much like they did with the last Dying Light. Oh yeah, okay. Um, they're working on a new game plus, and by the summer they'll have their first story-based DLC. They're going to enhance it with lots of free content, which they have done in the past for the other game. Right. A new game mode, so higher difficulty modes, and the new game plus thing is a pretty big deal. And sometime after June, they're working on their second story DLC. Okay. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to wait till like maybe this fall. And then give it another shot, like if we're in another game drought, and see what's going on with it. Because I didn't have everything unlocked, like New Game Plus might be alright. And then try the New Game Plus with DLC, you know? Yeah. Um, I like the game more than you did, so for me, that was kind of a cool thing. Um, I played a game a couple, three years ago, called Hard West. Well, there is a Hard West 2 coming out. It was an isometric RPG that had a very... Weird cultish Cthulhu vibe in a Western universe, which was really weird. Um, it was just announced recently. Um, Witcher, yes, had an announcement that it didn't give us much details other than a medallion, but basically they announced that they're working on another Witcher game. It is. It has been um, confirmed that that is not a wolf medallion. That is a lynx medallion. Um, and if you're familiar with the Witcher universe, that means that it's a completely different Witcher school. Uh, and a I don't, school that we all thought was dead. I don't, yeah, I don't think we'd seen anything from the Lynx school at all in any of the previous games. Uh, so it's covered in snow. Um, and that is also another. You know, possible. You went down into the deep into the Reddit verse, didn't you? Well, I was looking into it because a, I knew I looking at the medallion. I I knew that it wasn't a wolf medallion. They had already said that uh, Geralt's story is done, right? Right. Well, and Siri's story is done as well. Well, Siri is technically a wolf medallion, 
Right, but also she's the fucking empress, right? But yeah, that and she's she her powers make her overpowered to be able to play another game. I think. right, you'd have to do the whole hokey thing of like make her underpowered and then power her back up. Right, which yeah, I think that, they're beyond doing something that goofy. They're not. They're not going to do that. Um, speculations are abound all over the internet, but um, there's. There is a possibility of doing a, uh, I think the, the coolest one that I read so far was um, a create your own Witcher uh, take on this. Kind of like uh, create your own Commander Shepard uh, from the, you know, uh, from the Mass Effect series. You can create your own Witcher, but it would have a you know, a, a storyline kind of like Mass Effect had, right? Uh, where you are that Witcher. And, you know, while the character is created by you, the story is curated, you know? Um, that might be an interesting take on it. Uh, but this is one of those announcements that can't, uh, has come out so fucking early that you see more and more of, like it's kind of like the, uh, um, the Elder Scrolls announcement that fucking happened like fucking four years ago now. Um, <laughs> you know, Elder Scrolls coming. It doesn't even say soon. It's just it's coming. <laughs> Here, here's a shot of some mountains. <laughs> right. It just you know, uh, it's more of like a. Uh, maybe like a, you know, a, uh, a th this is a thing that will eventually happen. Hopefully, maybe possibly I've been let down before. Thanks, Scalebound. Um, but yeah, uh, some questions as to whether or not you, uh, trust CD project red. Um, there is questions as to, um, that it's going to be an Unreal Engine. Um, it's going to be an Unreal Engine 5. So they're not going to be using the same uh, uh, the, the same engine, the red engine, uh, for it. So it's possibly going to look beautiful. Um, definitely we'll have ray tracing. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we'll see when, it, you know, when we get more information about it. But, yeah. Uh, looks like uh, I'm not big into the uh, the battlefield stuff, but if uh, if you have uh, if you've heard of the failure that was Battlefield 2042, which is kind of a shit show, um, uh, Dice has basically said, you know what, we've learned our lesson from 2042, and we're going to try again later. Um, so they're you know, 2042, I guess, was initially going to be uh, slated as a uh, uh, as the Battlefield game that just keeps getting updated, um, you know, and has a longer life. Uh, it failed to uh, meet all expectations, um, you know, and is pretty universally panned. Uh, so they've learned their lesson and they're going to give it one more go in the... Uh, the futuristic combat area uh, era, modern to futuristic, I guess. Um, 
and do yet another Battlefield game sometime in you know in the future. Yeah, because the one that just released a little while back did very poorly, right? That's the 2042. That's the one that did very poorly, yeah. I have less depressing news. Okay. So I'm looking at a page translated from Czech, but essentially the uh, studio responsible for Stalker 2 yep. has been confirmed that they are moving from the Ukraine to Czechoslovakia. Well, I mean, that's to good. To continue working on games. That's um, since they're in a place where literally their studio was <laughs> in a really bad spot. I think they were out of Kiev, weren't they? I think so, yeah. Okay. So they had to get the fuck out of there, and they're relocating to the Czech Republic so that they can finish working on games, which, good for them. I'm, I'm glad they're able to get out. That's great. I kind of expected that to happen, you know, really early on. Um, uh, so Yeah, they're uh, based in, in Kiev. Or Kiev or whatever. Kiev, yep. Uh, so, yeah, the um, – so that's real good. Uh, they're able to, uh, you know, to at least keep the business, you know, keep the business rolling uh, and and move uh, move their headquarters, which is not, you know, not an easy feat, especially, you know, in, in that particular situation. Yeah, and then looking through – I had to translate all this stuff from Czech, but it, it seems like that's why I'm not reading this verbatim because it's all translated. But essentially, um, they know they're not going to hit a December launch date on this. So they're just saying it's going to be released when we have it done. Right. Yeah. At this point, I think just about anybody in the world would understand. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> I uh, don't have anything else. Does anybody else have something? Um, I'm just looking back through like you know, the the last couple, you know. Uh, I mean, I I'd heard some stuff about Hogwarts Legacy. Um, if you're a Harry Potter fan, um, the uh, Hogwarts Legacy is the uh, is kind of like the RPG that allows you to play, you know, one of the, you know, a, a a uh, child wizard in the wizarding world and have like spell duel battles and fight monsters and things like that. Um, I'd be down. And it's an interesting look at, you know, the, the initial stuff that they've put out so far seems interesting. Like the spells have a combo system kind of so that you can do, you know, two different effects based off of, you know, what combination of spells you can do and, and stuff like that. So it doesn't look, you know, it doesn't look like mind bendingly awesome, but it does look interesting. Like there's, you know, there might be some gameplay there that, you know, that's very early on and that's why the animations looked a little choppy, but that's, you know, that's beside the point. That's, it's a thing it's happening and it, it seems to be uh, gaining some following. So there's that. Well, Jason, do you have anything else new? Uh, no, you guys basically hit uh, hit everything that's really relevant for the most part. Um, news is kind of slowed down and yeah. really staying light at this point. The um, it's it's coming into what would be considered the lull 
or the uh, the the mid year lull. Um, we're coming into spring right now, and most of the uh, uh, most of the news and release stuff is just you know. Well, this Starfield is not confirmed until like November. Well, most of the you know most of the games you know that's going to release is at the very beginning of the year and you know very end of the year. So this is the time where Steam sales ha- you know happen so that you can get some of the games that you. Uh, uh, that you may have missed, um, and to get through your backlog. Back catalog. Yep. For me, it's going to be Tony Tino's, uh, and uh, and then probably you know play some more um, some more Final Fantasy while I wait for more stuff to come through. But that I'm done. Uh, let's let's wrap this baby up. Where can you find us, Jason? Find us at TiltCast.com. Find us on Facebook and Twitter.com slash TiltCast. Our YouTube channel is YouTube.com slash RealTiltCast. And search for us on iTunes and Spotify. And subscribe. Find some friends of the show. we got For the Love of Gaming. we got Cabbage KBG. we got NoQuarters.net, BMFCast.com, and TVGP.TV. They like Souls games. And with that, it's the end of the show. All right. Peace. Peace.